it was hard for my mother to come to grips that I had one ovary. On a personal level, I have zero fear about getting pregnant. Just because you have one ovary, your body's amazing, it is going to release that egg every month. So you don't get off the hook for that. Hello, people of the interwebs. I'm Tash Doherty, and welcome to the Practical Guide to Pussyhood, the show about birth control, periods, and liberating yourself from the patriarchy. My guest this week is Katie. She lives in Puerto Rico with her fiance, and she is our first listener to have her own episode on the podcast. So I'm really excited that she gets to tell her story. Since I'm in San Francisco and she's in Puerto Rico, we talked over the phone and I had a really fun time chatting with her. And it was very rewarding for me to hear about how she discovered the podcast and decided to reach out to me. In this episode, we'll be talking about her life as a perfect pill taker, the cost of the pill, her complications with the IUD, ovarian cysts, and the fertility awareness method. So now it's time to hear from Katie. Hi, my name is Katie. I am 31 years old and I just moved to Puerto Rico from Seattle. I grew up in Redmond, which is where Microsoft was kind of born and started. It was a pretty well-off area, middle class, and it still was very conservative when it came to knowledge of your body, and it didn't educate 12, 13, 14-year-olds on the ways of protection when you're ready to have sex, making sure that you know how to have it without an unintended pregnancy. Uh, So it's definitely not a smart system. Even masturbation, like I didn't know anything about that. If I didn't have my group of friends, I wouldn't have known about that. I first got my period when I was 12 and a half. It was weird and uncomfortable because I didn't have a woman's body yet. It was also supported by my friends. I had a couple friends and we had bets as to who would get their period first. And I was on the last, there were three of us, I was number three to be guests and I actually got it first. My parents are divorced and my mom and dad do not really speak. And so I was responsible for telling my dad that I got my period, which was very uncomfortable, but he was equally as uncomfortable so his response was oh well that means you're a woman and you get a raise in your allowance so (laughs) so I got a raise for for getting my period I waited a little while until I decided I was ready for sex I had been with somebody for a year I did not have sex in high school I waited till I was in college I was 20 years old uh, when I first had sex and I did not do it until I was on the pill. So I did actually just tell my mom, (laughs) I need to see your doctor. And she knew what that meant. And she made an appointment and she did not come in the room with me. I got checked out. She said, okay, here's, I believe it was Yaz from a long time ago. And I started the pill and I waited a month until 
we had sex because I was aware that the pill needed some time to kick in. The pill was fine. I'm a pretty routine person and I think you had a vocabulary word when it came to people who are really good at taking the pill. Are you a perfect pill taker? Yes, I'm a perfect pill taker. (laughs) Almost perfect. Almost perfect. Like by five hours every day, you know, I would take it before bed. We also used condoms. Like we were very careful. Did that have to do with your feelings around potentially getting an abortion? I think that one of the reasons for me being this very rigid pill taker was because I didn't want to have to face the decision of getting an abortion or being a young parent. I took it very seriously that I prevent it as much as I can. So yes, that's a, that's a difficult position for any woman to be in. I was only on Yaz for a couple years, and then I took low estrin for six more years. So between ages 20 and 28, I was on the pill. I felt it was best to go on to the low estrin because it was similar, and there was a generic form, so it was more affordable. I believe it was $20 out of pocket per month. It was nice to know because... It's hard to get more than one pack at a time through insurance. Yaz was more of a non-generic, I think it was $70 a month pill. So it was the financial piece as well. And so I was able to afford buying two packs at a time. I, I traveled for work. I worked on cruise ships and you're away from America for three to four months and I need my pill. I was not always in a relationship when I was on the pill and I never thought to stop taking it because I wanted the option to have sex when I wanted to and not have to think about getting pregnant. So the reason I stopped taking the Loestrin was it was starting to affect my mood. I am pretty stable in my mood and I had just began a new relationship, the one I'm in now, and I was just not myself. I was not happy. The hormones just weren't working with my body anymore because your body does change and it needs different things. I think at that point my body was kind of done and didn't quite like it. I decided to take a six-month break from all birth control. I hadn't had a period without some kind of birth control in my system since I was 20. And so I did that and it was actually really great. I felt much better. I had to be very careful with uh, my partner and I when we had sex. What I so admire about Katie's attitude to birth control is that she is incredibly diligent and always puts herself first every step of the way. She gives so much attention to using birth control correctly and consistently that it's not long before she's proactive again and finds another form of birth control that works for her. Then I decided that the IUD would be a good decision. My partner and I were not in the place to start a family quite yet. So I decided to go with the Mirena and I was a little nervous for the pain, but I have an amazing gynecologist and she's very talented. So she did a very good job because I barely, I mean, I felt it, let's be, let's be honest, but it wasn't nearly the amount of pain that I've heard some women say when you get it inserted. 
The cramps afterwards were actually a little surprising because they were pretty intense, but my periods were barely there and everything was good for about six months. And then my body started to kind of show that it wasn't working as well because I started getting some pain in my right side, kind of where my ovary is. At one point, I was in very bad pain from this. It was the worst pain I've ever been in, and it was due to a cyst that was on my ovary, which is pretty common. But with the IUD, one of the side effects is cysts, um, and I already am prone to cysts, so it was kind of something I did not know before I had the Mirena inserted. My mom and my grandmother had both dealt with ovarian cysts rupturing, and so I knew that could happen, but I had never had that happen. I actually ended up having what's called an ovarian torsion. It's where your ovary twists because it's so big that it actually like gravity, like it just has, it twists on itself. And it just, my whole ovary was like an orange. That happened September of 2017. I was taken to the hospital and ultimately they found out that my ovary was no longer alive. And so I unfortunately had my right ovary and fallopian tube removed. And so that's something that is individual to myself. I think the marina is awesome for so many women. The thing I just wished I knew was women who are more prone to maybe ovarian cysts should just keep into account that that is one of the side effects and I didn't know that. What Katie experienced with ovarian torsion, or her ovary twisting, in this case because of a large cyst, is very rare. It only happens to about 6 in 100,000 women per year. Cysts are one of those things that actually almost all women have, because it's a part of how we make eggs. Yet the vast majority of us will never feel them or even know that they're there. You can still get cysts if you have a copper or a hormonal IUD because these birth control methods don't actually stop you from ovulating. So if you're worried about complications from cysts or you get pain when you ovulate, maybe because you have polycystic ovarian syndrome, then you can just use a birth control method that stops you from ovulating, like the pill or the implant. So um, it's fine, like I'm fully healthy now. Uh, when I got the surgery, I had the IUD removed um, the surgeon said that it, it has happened before, um, it's so I just said, eh, take it out and I'll just let my body kind of reset. It was hard for my mother to come to grips that I had one ovary. On a personal level, I have zero fear about getting pregnant. Just because you have one ovary, your body's amazing, it is going to release that egg every month. So you don't get off the hook for that. And at this point, I'm using the fertility awareness method, tracking my temperature and just finding out my body's rhythm as to when it ovulates, when to avoid sex. Some women use condoms, but uh, my partner and I are, are monogamous and uh, we just decide to avoid it altogether because it's just better for my brain <laughs> um, during about 10 days out of the month. And so this has been a really great method it is definitely less effective I mean you have to be very you know rigid in your tracking and know your body but 
for me, it's been really wonderful and the best thing for me right now. And we are getting closer to the point of starting a family. So it's a little less like nerve wracking. I don't feel like I'm 16 and I'm like, what's gonna happen? Um, I'm in a solid relationship and if we get pregnant, it wouldn't be the best time in our minds, but we would be okay. I feel like when I was in the pill, it was awesome because I, I was able to do so many things and, and not think about periods and I was go, go, go. But now I'm 31, I'm like, okay, let's feel my body. Let's like, let's slow down a little bit, listen to it. And I like this phase, it's nice. It's a nice phase as well. Always listen to your body. That's my biggest thing. Listen to your body, then your body doesn't have to scream at you <laughs> like, like sometimes it does. A lot of people have asked me about the fertility awareness method and all I'm going to say right now is that it has about a 9.8% failure rate, which means that about 1 in 10 women who use this method can expect to become pregnant within the next year. This means the fertility awareness method is a little bit less effective than the pill, but slightly more effective than just using condoms to prevent pregnancy. For Katie, the fertility awareness method is great for her at this phase in her life. Her crucial birth control years are over, and now she has a supportive fiancé who could help her raise a child if she got pregnant. And yet she's sticking very closely to her character, and is very rigid about measuring her temperature every single day. I like that Katie talks about the different phases of being a woman, and how your birth control method should change to fit that. When you're younger and jet-setting around the world on cruise ships, preventing pregnancy is probably very important to you. But as you get older, your sexual lifestyle changes and your birth control needs change too. Thank you so much, Katie, for being a part of this podcast and sharing your experiences. <laughs>